as you find your seats, if you'll turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. How amazingly exciting that we finished the year in the black. I want to thank each one of you for uh, just your faithfulness. This is a giving church. It's obvious. You give you your time. You give to the Lord because He loves you. I'm just so proud of you. Uh, Most importantly, I'm just so thankful to our great God and to Jesus who always provides for His church. He is wonderful and glorious. And by the way, if we came in the red, He's still wonderful and glorious. But man, I'm just so grateful for Him. And by the way, the elders and I, uh, the, the session got away this weekend as a retreat, and we are so praying and seeking God's face, saying, God, we want to do a better job connecting you. We want to do a better job equipping you. We want to do a better job being family. So pray for us, because we believe that we're ambassadors of Christ to make a world of difference and advance Christ's kingdom, and we're family. So continue to pray. Hey, with uh, with 2009 getting smaller and smaller in our rearview mirror, and the first 10 days of 2010 here uh, before uh, the newness wears away, I'm going to take just a few minutes this morning, and we're going to take some things that God's Word tells us and look at some observations of life. These are really things that God has done in my own life in the last several weeks, months, and years as we look at life together. And our springboard into this, God's text is going to be 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Um, An amazing passage. I wrestled with which verses we want to look at, but we're just going to look at three. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 2 through 5. We're going to look to God's holy and errant word together. So if you brought your Bibles, follow along. If not, the words will be on the screen behind me. Let's be mindful. This is God's love letter. This is God's holy and errant, never leading us astray word. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 2. Paul is writing and says, For in this tent, he's talking about his, his body, his earthly dwelling, we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling, if indeed by putting it on we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, this earthly body, we groan, being burdened that we would not be unclothed, that we, we would be further clothed, so that it, what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given the Spirit as a guarantee. Let us pray together. Father, this morning we groan to hear from you. Our soul's grown. Why? Because we're yours. You created us. Why? Because we're twice yours. Your son has redeemed us. He's purchased us as your family. So Father, what is clear is that we groan to hear from our master, our maker, our savior, our king, our big brother. Do that which only you can do. Speak through a broken sinner who's groaning as well. May the things that I say, the the meditation of my heart and the words of my lips be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. 
If you were here, about 1,500 of you were, on Christmas Eve, you heard me tell the story that the very first Christmas present that the Jakes unwrap is a new pe- set of pajamas. Or as I was told many times that night, it's not pajamas, it's pajamas or whatever. They are pajamas, pajamas, tomatoes, tomatoes, PJs, if you will. But really, this new set of Christmas pajamas we get is kind of a sign and a symbol that more presents are coming. And we examine together Christmas Eve that apropos of a new set, a new wardrobe, is really, it's really the first Christmas gift. It's really what Jesus came to earth to do. You see, Jesus came and wore our humanity fully. God became man so that we could wear his divinity. Oh no, we don't become God. But he washes away our sins and he robes us in his righteousness. And now we get to put on the gift, the wardrobe of Christmas. Christ's righteousness. And now here we are on January 10th. And you know what? I long for more. I want more. You see, if I showed up today in my pajamas, you say, Jeff, those are snappy. I like them. Uh, I like the uh, the red flannel. I like the little moose on there. Very nice. I'm not going to tell you about my shirt. may not be appropriate as your pastor. But you'd say, I like it. But you're inappropriately dressed. Matter of fact, you would groan. You would groan here. Oh, no. Go home and put some appropriate clothes on. Go away and come back appropriately dressed. Many of us who are Christians understand what Paul was talking about. He was groaning. He was groaning in his body that he was made for more. It's amazing about clothes, isn't it? We have work clothes, we have play clothes, we have sleep clothes. But still, when it comes to this tent... I don't know about you, but at times I want to sing, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. You see, everything I've ever wanted, everything I've ever need, I have found in Jesus Christ. Is it true with you? Everything I really ever longed for, a relationship with Him, I have been standing before you, a sinner named Jeff Jakes is clothed in Christ's righteousness today. My sins have been separated from me as far as the east is from the west, not because I'm a good, holy man, but solely by the grace of God and the work of His Son. So everything I've longed for and needed in life, I have found in God's own Son named Jesus. I truly am clothed. You see, ever since Adam and Eve were in the garden, and ever since they rebelled against God and sinned against God, they felt naked in a holy God's gaze. Before sin entered the world, they didn't need any clothing. They didn't need any raiment. They were okay before God as they are. But sin does something to us. It makes us long to be clothed and long to be covered. Sin leaves us exposed. But in Christ, I found amazingly what it feels like to be clothed in His love. Have you? I found what the depth of that love. And, and Paul says in Ephesians 3, he says that we should be praying. He prays for us that we'll know the depth of this love. It's amazing. It passes knowledge. Are you clothed in the depth of God's love? And the reality is, listen, you'll never be able to love until you've experienced that love. I'm a man like many of you who have drunk deeply from that love. I'm clothed in His love I'm a man in Christ Jesus who's been clothed in forgiveness, in the depth of the forgiveness of God. You ready for this? All the things that 
I even know about, all my foibles, all my sins, according to God's Word in Christ Jesus, they've been separated from me as far as the East is from the West. You want to, that's amazing grace of God and the work of His Son through the cross. Are you clothed in that love? Are you clothed in that forgiveness? Do we not have reason to celebrate? I've been clothed in the family of God. One who deserves to be treated like a slave if he's treated as anything at all, instead has been treated like a son. His stead has been brought into the family. I belong. And because I belong, I can offer others to say, come and enjoy the party. You think about Christianity in this first wardrobe that we wear. Really, aren't our needs met? We're loved. We're clothed. We're forgiven. We belong. But why do we still long for more? My flesh does. January 10th is here. Christmas is a backdoor history. But it's not just my flesh longing for the things of this world, which it does. It's my spirit that groans that I want more. U2 song, and you guys know me because uh, I'm a lover of good music. I'm a U2 fan. And uh, U2 had as a song I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And it's always been very troubling to me. Not exactly sure where Bono is with his faith, but I believe he's a believer. And he writes this song. And let me read you the lyrics of the song. I'm going to skip right to the part I want you to hear. He writes this. I have spoken with the tongue of angels. I've held the hand of the devil. It was warm in the night and I was as cold as a stone. But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. He says this. Listen to this. It's amazing. He says, I believe in the kingdom come then all the colors will bleed into one. But yet, I'm still running. You broke the bonds and you loosed the chains. You carried the cross of my shame, of my shame. You know I believe it. Wow. But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. What I'm looking for. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I didn't get that song very much. When it first came out, it really bugged me. Because I said, you know, what are you talking about? He who has Jesus and nothing else has no less than he who has Jesus and has everything. How in the world can we say, I still haven't found what I'm looking for? You've been loved. You've been forgiven. You've been brought in. You've been adopted. What in the world does that mean, I still haven't found what I'm looking for? C.S. Lewis helped me. An amazing book of C.S. Lewis called The Weight of Glory. I better understood the lyrics of this song. And to be honest with you, I better understood the groaning of my own heart. Because how can the one who has found everything in Jesus still want to sing? I still haven't found what I'm looking for. You see, Lewis talks about a longing. He talks about a groaning. It's the same thing that Paul's talking about here. And what Lewis says, he says that we're longing, we're groaning. Listen to this, it's interesting. He says, we're longing for a scent of a flower we have not found. We are longing for an echo of a tune that we have not heard. We're longing for news from a country we have never visited. And it resonated with my soul. I said, yes, that's true. I need more clothes. I need further clothing. I have Jesus. And I groan. See, the need for a set of new clothes 
So what I do? I piled my family into our car the day after Christmas, heading up to upstate New York to find the scent of that flower, to hear that tune, to get a glimpse of that country that I'm long for. Because somehow with me, maybe I think that I could find or I've smelled that flower before and it's in my past. Somehow with me, I think that I've heard that tune more in God's country in upstate New York. Somehow I believe in the craziness and the foolishness of my heart that I'm going to find the distant country there. And Lewis helped me to realize it's not there. That's just nostalgia. And God has used that as a wafting of that flower before you. He's used that as a tune that starts to echo and a call for that distant country. But there's more. But i got to tell you, there's times I think I found it, even there. There's times I looked out at the beauty and the wonder of God's creation, the winter wonderland, and I think, yes, this is it. This is what I've longed for. This is what I've been made for. This is it. It's, it's fleeting and it's gone. And, and I never forget this moment. I, I literally stood looking out, looking out at God's creation and the beauty of the winter wonderland, and it changed before me. Everything that was beautiful and wonderful became dead and dark and depressing. And all of a sudden it became night and wintertime in my own clothes, in my own soul. And I longed for another set of clothes. I longed because my soul felt so empty. And I turned to my wife and said, I'm lost. Why? Because what Paul tells us and what Lewis drums in our head, we've been created for more. We've been created for more. we got this amazing relationship with God through Jesus Christ, and it is amazing. It's changed our lives inside and out. But we're not home yet. We're not fully clothed yet. There's more to come. God has created us for yet another set of clothing. To be fully clothed. He says, being now fully clothed will be fully clothed in a way that mortality will be swallowed up with immortality. I today am clothed in Christ's likeness and clothed in Christ's righteousness. And yet the reality is I still feel sometimes naked. And so do you. I still feel lost sometimes. And so do you. Because we've been created for paradise. You see, the guarantee of more is that Holy Spirit. He says in that verse, in the last of that verse, he says the Holy Spirit has been given to us. Now this theologically, go with me for a minute. God has come and he's given us this first incredible change of clothing. He's removed our rags of filth and sinfulness. And he's washed us with his, his, with his son's blood. And he robes us with his son's righteousness. And we truly are his. And he's never going to let us go. And it says in this verse, this is of God and it's from God. He always initiates with us. But he tells us that there's another set of clothes that are coming eternal clothes that we will be like him and see him as he is this guarantee of more now is the holy spirit that god gives us and think of the trinity here god sends his son to come and give us the first set of clothes and now the son and the father give us the holy spirit saying there's more coming i know you're going to change and you need more here it comes this is a guarantee i will not leave you in the cold god is the one who prepares for all this You see, Lewis says that we stand at a door 
and we've been knocking, and one day the door in which we've been knocking all our lives will be open at last, and we'll see Jesus. That door will be open. We will receive another set of clothes. As his children, we will not be left in the cold. You ready for this? We're going to find that flower. We're going to hear that tune. We're going to be citizens of that country. So what do we do now? Well, if you're here and you don't have Jesus in your life, let me tell you, according to God's Word, and you can see it in your soul, if the Spirit is working, you are naked before a holy God's gaze. And the challenge to you is you've got to get clothed. God provides you raiments. He provides you a clothing so you can come into His presence, a holy God's presence. You can boldly come. And not as a slave, but as a son. And you do that by embracing Christ as Savior. But what about for the rest of us who have those clothes on and yet it's the 10th of January and we long for more? What do we do? Family of Orangewood, we got to go out into this world and we have to live and to work and to play in the clothes that Christ has given to us. The world must see this first set of pajamas, pajamas on us. They must see Christ's righteousness and they must long for their own. But we must know, family of Orangewood, there's another set of clothes coming. You see, communion is given to us today to help us. It's to help clean the clothes that have been given to us in Christ's righteousness. It's to come and mend that which is broken today. Until He comes again. He says, do this until I come again. Until I give you that last set of clothes. It is here that we catch the scent of that flower. It is here that we hear the echo of that tune. And it is here that we see that country. Come and be fed. And come and long for more. As the elders come, let me ask you to prepare your hearts. Let me pray. Father God, thank you for the way you clothe your children. Thank you for who we are today in Christ. And the promise that there's more to come. Feed us now until that day you come and provide us that lasting set of clothes, that immortality of Christ-likeness. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.